Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 187 of the podcast that was originally recorded on January 8th of 2018. This week, I actually have a co-host with me. Eric Gergot sat in on the co-host chair with me, and we go over our top 10 games of 2017. Hope you enjoy the episode. everyone this is joe from what i'm playing now welcome to another episode of the what i'm playing now podcast we are at episode 187 this is going to be our top 10 list of 2017 i have a special guest with me here this evening during my recording eric gergatz welcome to the show hi joe thanks uh thanks for having me today no problem if for all the listeners out there i'm sure you Will not recognize the voice, but you will recognize the name. Eric is definitely one of the normal people that I game with down at my local game store. Um, we have been gaming now for probably several years together, um, playing a lot of different games and I think introducing each other to quite a few different games as well. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. <laughs> Both of us have very different tastes in games. Um, I'm sure from the people that listen to the show regularly, I I will play anything. I would probably say my um, my likes and my preferences probably are more along the lines of probably like Euros, heavier games. Um, I do like lighter games. Um, you know, we play those quite a bit, you know, my wife and I as well. And we played quite a few of them down at the game store as well. But, I mean, everybody kind of knows where I tend to go to as far as games goes after almost 200 episodes. So, Eric, what type of stuff do you like? Let us, I mean, I know, but let everybody else know. <laughs> well, let's see. I mean, I'm not that far off from you. So I do I do tend to favor more of the medium Euro games and Euro games in general. Uh, but I also, I, I've started to play a lot more with my family, and they are not as big on those. Um, so we're we're playing a lot of lighter games as of late, um, obviously, my wife, Yuki, um, she likes a, a good range of things. And also, we happen to have a taste for some weird games every now and then, something that's a little unique. So there's that. If, if you want a good reference, if people watch the Dice Tower and they know Z on there, I, I have a feeling that I compare with him a lot. I would agree. I would agree with you on that. See, and I'm not too sure as far as like on the Dice Tower or who I would actually go along with when it comes to other other podcasters or something. I mean, I know Heavy Cardboard, those guys do a lot of heavy stuff. And and I do like a lot of the heavy stuff that like they like, but I don't know if they go as, as lighter to the, some of the lighter games that I would go to sometimes. You might be more like Jason on the Dice Tower. That, I, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, you. That's that's actually a good call. Yeah, I never even thought about that one. Yeah, that's that's probably. I would I would probably say my taste is probably more akin to his. That's probably about right because when he does talk about some of those heavier games, those are usually the games that I actually do like. Mm-hmm. When they start talking about those, so all right, are are we ready to get into our list of top ten? I mean, this is this is the second year I've done a top ten only. 
Last year I did it by myself, so this is the first time I've actually had a chance to, or an opportunity to do another or, or top 10 with somebody else. So I'm kind of looking forward to this. I'm glad we actually decided to do this. We were trying to get our buddy Dave to do this. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, but, Dave. But he decided that he did not want to be on audio, video, or anything like that. So we said, all right, no problem. We'll just do um, audio. We were going to try to actually record videos and put some videos up, but um, due to the holidays, due to my wife getting sick, due to me getting sick and everything, I'm still a little congested in the nose, so I'm trying to keep that as minimal as possible during the recording here. Um <laughs> audio only this year maybe next year we'll actually be able to get together sit down with a couple of different people and and do a nice round table discussion of a top 10 list but let's jump into the top 10 list um who should who should start off here uh um, i got some i got some dice here yeah roll, roll some dice for me so i got i got two dice here mm-hmm. um i'll be red you be gray and we'll see whoever gets the higher. I need a damn spot to roll them. Um, really? I rolled two twos. <laughs> Three and a five. Gray was higher. You go first, sir. Okay. Start off number 10 and make sure you read from your the bottom up since that's how we both did our lists. <laughs> that is correct. Okay. <laughs> All right. Number 10 over here is a game I got just around Christmas time. So it is number 10 because it is still fairly new to me, so I haven't played it too much. And I would like to play it a little bit more to see if it goes up or down on this list. And number 10 for me is Rajas of the Ganges. Okay. I did not have that on my list for you. I didn't I, I didn't know you played that one. It, it was something that caught my eye, and I like the mechanic of racing to match up your your money with your your fame points right. it was a very neat concept to me uh i you know among everyone that i'm really not a fan of worker placement games yes so <laughs> and, I, and i and i have a feeling there's going to be a couple of them on your list this year which is going to surprise me but i i have a couple of those on my list for you so i'm i'm hoping i'm right in at least a couple of spent a couple of spent so yeah, so it's definitely one that I enjoyed. I know I played it together with my family, a full four-player game around Christmas time. Um, I know the wife did not enjoy it. Uh, that was probably because it was taking a little bit longer than it should have, but first time playing. So um, some people enjoyed it. Some people didn't. Uh, I liked it. I'd like to see how it plays again. So that's why it's at the top of the list, because... It has a good potential to rise or fall. So this was my middle ground. Okay. I like it. Mm-hmm. My number 10. We'll see if you have this on your list or not. Let's see. Um, it made my list towards the end. I didn't know if I was going to put it on or not. I was kind of torn. But I was. I needed to give the game its due. And that would be Gloomhaven. Oh, I thought you were going to say this too, but I didn't write it in there. It has jumped to number one on BGG lately, and and we've actually been discussing this, and you know, as sometimes during our discussions that we have, sometimes during the day, um, it, it it is number one on BGG. It is a good game. I'm playing it with a group. Um, there are several different people. I know Dave wants, Dave. I think Dave wants us to play it with him, 
Um, there's a couple other people that have asked me to play this game, and it's it seems to be everybody has picked up that second Kickstarter. I did not pick up the game personally myself. Um, I I thought about it. I considered it. I don't think this is a game I would really like to play solo. I think one of the things that is making this game for me is the group of people that I'm playing with, the group of guys that I'm playing with. It is a it's a really fun, good group of guys that we're it's a it's a four we're doing a four player game of this one, and I do like the euro mechanisms that it has within it. Um, you know, there are no dice in this game. You have a hand of cards that you're using for your combat. You need to pick out two cards at the beginning of each round, and those cards are what you're going to be doing for your combat. You will have a top, the cards have a top action and a bottom action, and in on your turn, you will use one top and one bottom action, and you will resolve the combat that way. The cards also have initiative numbers on there, and that lets you know who goes first. I am playing a class like a thief, and I am going extremely fast, so I'm usually one of the first ones to go during the round in our game. <laughs> but it's... It's a it's a fun game. Don't get me wrong, but it's one. It's going to be extremely long. The game we've already played. I don't even know how many times already. And, you know, we're just touching the tip of the iceberg for what this whole scenario is running across. And I will say what they've put into this game is, is extremely impressive. The the detail with everything just where the story is going and all the decisions that you're getting to make are really interesting. And I'm, that's what I think is the most exciting thing to me. The combat after about the, you know, for as many places we have, some of the combat's getting a little repetitive. So it might be nice to get to a point to where I can retire this character and play another one and then learn a new class and do some different things. But, um, you know, it just seems like each game is just a puzzle and you're trying to figure out how can we defeat these monsters, survive and and get to the end goal of this particular scenario. So I had to put Gloomhaven on the list. I do like it. I won't be adding it to my collection because there's I won't be playing it outside of the groups that I'm going to play it in. There, 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 there would just be no time for me to play this because of because of the length that it is. So that was my number 10 Gloomhaven. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way as you do. Um, it doesn't really catch my interest. I'm not really a a dungeon crawler fan. I have one myself that we enjoy over here, but um, it has a few negatives going against it. Uh, playing the game multiple times fairly close to each other is hard to do. Mm-hmm. And then also there's just too much stuff to go through, and I do not want to have to explain that to anyone around there. So <laughs> so if if somebody has it and they want to play it, I will certainly try it, but it doesn't catch my interest enough that I actually want to grab it myself. It is good. If you try it, you probably have to play through a couple of games because you want to see some of the interactions that you'll have. It's It's not a game you can really just play once. I mean, because there is the whole campaign aspect to this thing. Mm-hmm. That is the impressive part of this game, and that's why it has made my list, because it is impressive. The storyline in the game has actually sucked me in. I want to know, you know, where we're going with this story, what's happening with this whole town, and what we're going to be able to explore. It's literally like Skyrim, the board game. I mean, because, and that's exactly the best way I could describe it, because at the end of each scenario... Okay, we have now unlocked this location, this location, this location. 
This one we know is part of the main story quest. The other two are side quests. Which one do we want to do? Well, you know, you could spend all your time doing side quests and completely ignore the main quest. You can concentrate and blow through probably the main quest if you wanted to mm-hmm. and just concentrate on those scenarios. As you get to certain points, so other scenarios may close out and may be then unaccessible to you once you've done a different scenario. You know, like this scenario could close out this one and make this one, you know, no longer available for you to do and stuff like that. So what they've done there as far as a board game goes, completely impressive. And I think that's one of the reasons why it made my list. I'm still getting used to a dungeon crawler not having dice, though. (laughs) That is the oddest thing for me. (laughs) Yeah, I can see. So, all right, number nine. What do you got for number nine? Okay, number nine is my out of left field choice. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Drum roll, is it on my list? Well, it's not out of left field for me, but I have a feeling you didn't think of it but number nine is a is an area control game with a little bit of engine building okay with a unique theme of alice in wonderland alice matic number nine is alice matic heroes yes yeah okay yeah i haven't played that one yet i don't think i don't think i played that one with you guys you guys did that when i was missing the one week and i don't think we've ever revisited it We've done it a few times now. Um, I think about three or four times up at the store, and it definitely got a lot better with the more players. It's a three to five player game, and if anyone has played Deus, it's somewhat similar to that, where you're trying to start an engine with different colored columns of cards. And each of them gives you some special powers. And then you're also trying to take over areas on a board. Uh, So it's very similar, but there are some differences. Actually, this game actually did make me... It made me pick up Deus fairly recently because I found it on a sale. So I'm somewhat able to compare them. And right now, it's just a... It's an interesting game. It has some flaws. The, The graphic design kind of hurts the game a little bit because it's very easy to confuse things um, because a lot of colors match things that shouldn't visually. So there's a lot of questions each game where you're saying, oh, well, I need to pay like five red, red tokens for this. And you say, no, that's just to attack stuff. You need to pay the yellow tokens to play this card. It always happens. And that's one of the problems with the game. But once you get past it, it's a really interesting game. And one I'd like to see a little bit more because it's a very simple game. It doesn't look like it, but it's literally play a card, put a token on the board. It's the next player's turn. And you just go and then try to get what you can going in 14 rounds. And it's fast enough that you can maybe play two games in a row, which I think we did one time. Cool. I I didn't have that one on my list. That one never even crossed my mind. Yeah, I knew I was going to throw you off on one of them. Damn, that pisses me off. (laughs) You lost two already. My number nine. Played this down at the game store. This is on my wish list. This is a game I don't have in my collection yet. The Colonists. Oh. I thought it was a 2016 game. Um... 
Board Game Geek listed it as 2016. Okay. But when you actually look at when it was released, it was mm-hmm. released in 2017. Because I did some research on mine, and there were a couple of things. That was one of the games that I actually looked up. I'm like, when the hell was this thing actually sold? It was not sold in retail until 2017. Okay. And that's where Board Game Geek messes me up sometimes, because I basically... How I started making my list was I went back to my January 1st podcast and looked at every episode I did and what games I talked about and picked out the games that I wanted to talk about. Then I was like, okay, were these in 2017? And then I went into Board Game Geek and started looking. And if there was a one that was questionable, like The Colonist, I started researching and found that it was really released at retail, I think, in March hmm, okay. of 2017 is what I thought it was. So this is a game that's been on my list pretty much all year. I haven't added it to my collection yet. Um, I would probably say this is the only game, well, besides Gloomhaven, that I don't have in my collection that is on my list here. Every, I think I own every other game on my list now mm-hmm. after after this number nine here, now that I'm looking at my list. Um, but The Colonist, great game. Um, it's an epic game. You're building up your, your colony. It's the game board starts off small and everybody's adding to this game board that's modular and going to be different every time you play and the movement with your workers throughout this thing is just amazing expect to spend an afternoon playing this game um i believe when you know we when we played this before it's literally the only game you're playing down at the game store for the evening <laughs> this is it's 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 a one game per you know for the night this you're not going to be getting any fillers nothing you're going to start this and end with this one for the night it is super long but um i just really enjoy what's that for the week (laughs) (laughs) but i just i just really enjoyed it when we were playing it down there um i can't i don't think i won um when we played it before i don't i don't think i've ever won it actually this game but um there's just so many different mechanisms that are in the game um you know, that, that you're doing with this one that just really, it, it's one I do need to pick up already. And I've almost picked it up once or twice down at the store and I've always gotten, I think, something newer than this one. Mm-hmm. So this is probably going to be one of the next bigger boxed, heavier games that I probably pick up next um, for to add to my collection. And that is The Colonists. Yeah, All right, let's go to number eight. Okay, number eight is a game that's up Joe's wheelhouse right now. So I have a feeling it's going to be higher on his list. You've piqued my interest. And I'm going to preface this by saying that BGG has put this game as 2016 because I believe it was released at Essen that year. But it, it was not available in America until, I believe... The first quarter, maybe the middle of the year. I can't remember. I know, I, I know what game it is. Uh, so, so Joe, uh, can you guess that it is Lorenzo Il Magnifico? No, that is not the one I was thinking of. Oh, you got it. Oh, I didn't. I was going to put that down for you, but I wasn't <laughs> sure. I, I wasn't sure. I, I didn't know if you'd have that one or not on your list. Yeah, it was it was a game when we first played it. That I wasn't too sure about it, but as we played the first game, I, I started to enjoy it and I started seeing the possibilities. Um, played it a few times since then, and I have to say that when you play with the leader cards 
and the the unique starting uh, board at the left side of your player board. Yep, it's definitely a lot better. Uh, it gives you a, a sense of direction, for sure, uh, and it's it's just a little bit more fun. You you put yourself on a little path on where you want to go, and then you just kind of go with it. But it does give you a lot of really hard decisions to make during the game because mm-hmm. you got to keep spending the money to to drafting these cards because other players are on the towers and then you realize oh i don't have any more money so i can't really draft this card so you're slowly limiting yourself and then you say oh i got to run my engine now but that one might be blocked it's it's a really it's a really hectic game kind of where you're really trying to figure out which one do i want to prioritize first and it and it's a game where i love the dice yes only because everybody has to use the dice that were rolled for that round. So everybody has to basically try to figure out how can I make the most out of what was rolled and what's going to be the best for the engine that I'm building. Yes. And I think that kind of helps out mitigating some of the randomness that other dice worker placement games do because everyone's working with the same thing. And this was, I, you, 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 you like euros, but yes. you're, you've never really been a big fan of worker placement games. But I think lately you've been coming around and turning around to some of the worker placement games and seeing that they're not all just, you know, as cut and dry as, you know, we like Lords of Waterdeep. You know, Kim and I love love Lords of Waterdeep, you know, and everything. That's one of her favorite games. Mm-hmm. To, to me, Lords of Waterdeep is a good game, but it is, it, it, to me, it's more entry level as far as worker placement goes. You know, Lorenzo definitely, I would, I would say... You know, Lorenzo's definitely a step up as far as worker placement game goes because the choices you have are definitely much broader in Lorenzo. Yeah. There's a lot more strategy in Lorenzo. Yeah, it, it's it's weird because it technically is a worker placement game, but I kind of consider it more of a drafting game almost if you think about it. Yeah. So it when I put it that way, I guess it kind of makes me look at it a little bit differently because I'm saying, oh, well, I'm going to draft these cards before somebody else does. So I guess they kind of go hand in hand with worker placement because you are drafting actions per se. Right. So when I take a look at it that way, it kind of makes me feel a little better about it. And that, and I, I will not answer your question if that is on my list or not. We will see as we get higher up my list. Oh, it is. It is. I no spoilers, but they have announced an expansion for that one. And I am really looking forward to the expansion. Oh yeah, I'm some people, picking that up. Some people say they don't like the game at two players. Um, they say the expansion fixes it. I don't have a problem with the game at two players. I think the spaces you have to block off for two players, to me, is fine. I don't mind the almost take that that you can get in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I know watching Rado when we had, when I because I think his video was one of the first videos I saw of that, which kind of turned me on to that game. And I don't think he really cared for some of the take that they were. Tr- they tried to make the game a little more friendly for the two of them. My wife and I like the challenge where we're both going for those spots see who has who can control first player who can get to those spots first that's to us that's all part of the strategy yeah it's it's definitely not a friendly game at two players but no it's very interesting like i said it's you have less spaces to go to which makes it a lot tighter and then you just have hard decisions just based on what you have in front of you so it just doubles all that up and sometimes it might be a little too mean because of that but i think it's really enjoyable yeah, it's probably not my 
favorite two-player game from that designer, but it's still really good. Yeah. All right, my number eight, a game I was introduced to at Origins, and that is Lignum. Now, Lignum, if you look on Board Game Geek, you knew this one would be on there. Boom. I mean, I I played this and bought it immediately. Coincidentally, I have it at your number eight. Oh, really? That's funny as hell. (laughs) I I wasn't trying to rank them, but... (laughs) Um. This was a game I played. Uh, Capstone Games brought this into the U.S. Um, they actually did kind of like a revised version of this, the second edition. And I will say, it's worker placement. You're, you know, you're you working you're working your way around a board. And the interesting thing is, as you're going around the board, you're kind of leapfrogging each other. So one person can move ahead and they can do an action. Uh, then the next person can move ahead. They can go ahead of them and do another action. And so you're kind of just like moving around the board, doing all these different actions, collecting the resources. And I sat there playing the played a full game at Origins, and we got it done just before the hall closed. And I was like instantly like I need to get this added to my collection immediately. It is a it is medium medium heavy style game. I would say it's you know probably bordering heavy. Mm-hmm mainly because of some of the different future strategies that you need to pay attention to in the game. There are things you can try to go for in um, upcoming seasons that you can try to plan for. And if you do that correctly, it's a good payoff. If you don't, you're at a loss of some resources and stuff. But just all the different choices that you have in this game, the board looks really cool. There is just so so much going on in this game just like a lot of these heavier style games and the whole game is based around logging in the 19th century so you're a log cutter so you're trying to collect wood you're trying to move the wood and do different things with it and it's just it was a game that after playing it i was like okay in my collection and i don't it's a game i don't think you've actually ever played no i haven't i've i've seen it played a few times up at the store um, the thing that puts me off of it is it is a heavy game. And yes, so because of that it's like, do I want to waste my time quotations playing something <laughs> that I, I know is only ever going to get played like maybe once with the way we go through games up at the store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a game that if you have people over for like a weekend gaming session and you want something that, you know, Hey, we have an afternoon free, let's all play this one game we don't want to get through three or four games this is it's definitely one to one to play i mean in in the second the the game that capstone actually brought over actually has a couple of expansions built into it i guess that weren't in the original version that was back from that 2015 that's from board game geek so it actually has a couple of the expansions built into it as well so but yeah lignum lignum was my number eight let's hit number seven and see all right. I gotta, get, I gotta get one here already. I mean, I got a nice list of ten games here. I mean, you have not listed one of these things that I have here. I know. I know. I got a couple though. Okay. I, well, I have a feeling this one you're gonna get on your list finally. Um. So it's a game that you actually picked up for me at Origins, I believe. So yeah, you're shake. I see you shaking your head on on the screen here. So yes, uh, Sentient. Yep, I had it. I had it. Number seven, actually, too. And we're at number seven. <laughs> that is, and I did not try to order yours either. I just listed it at number seven. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if you were going to have that or not, but yeah, I, I thought I, I thought I would play it a lot more this year, so that's why it's a little bit lower. Uh, 
And I have to say the reason that it's probably lower is because I think it is a better game at three and four players. I don't think it's a very good game with two. Okay. It's very fast with all player counts, though, so I give it that. Um, but essentially, you're sitting there drafting cards, and you got these little assistant guys that you put that you can put where you draft your cards, and it has some type of area control where, you know, depending on how many assistance you have between two cards you might start scoring these little badges and the thing that i think people get wrong with this game is they think it's all about drafting the cards to manipulate their dice where most of the game is trying to figure out how you're going to use those little worker guys if you want to sit there and use them to stop manipulating your dice or do you want to use them to get more of these badges because at the end of the game, it has a little bit of a, a Concordia scoring aspect where however many badges of a type you have multiplies by the number of cards that you have of that type. And that's how you get some endgame points. And I, that's where the games are won or lost, really, because anyone can sit there and put together, you know, four good cards to manipulate their dice a certain way. But getting those endgame points is life or death most of the time. So it gives you a, a lot of interesting choices where you say, do I want to do I want to leave myself more open to how these cards are going to change my dice or do I want to use them so I can get the, the easy points now and kind of hope for the best later? And I think it gives a good enough amount of decisions in a short time span that I think it's a good family game. And so far, I haven't been. I haven't been uh, let down by the designer's games, J. Alex Kevern. He's put together three or four that I've really enjoyed so far. So, cool. I've played it. I've, I, I'm trying to. Did I? I'm trying to think if I played it with you down at the store or not. I can't remember if we did. I know I played it at Origins. I don't think you played I bought, it before me. I bought it. I don't know if I played it though. I wouldn't mind trying it again. I thought it was an okay game. It was just something that I, it just didn't grab me, and I don't know if it was the dice thing that didn't grab me if it was the I, there was just something that i don't, I don't know i can't it was, it was a it was a long, long a while ago since i played it but I, w- I wouldn't mind trying it again and actually doing it outside of the con setting I, I will say it did get better the more times we played it because you kind of see things a little more so i think if you didn't like it in one play you still might have a potential to like it a little more Mm-hmm. Um, and if you did enjoy it, your first one, I think you're going to like it a lot more the more you play it. Yeah. All right. So my number seven, it'll be interesting to see if you have this one on my list. This is a newer one that we, Kim and I just started playing recently. Mm-hmm. That should give it away right there. Mm-hmm. And that is Charterstone. Yep. Oh, number seven, too. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, I had to put this one on my list. Um, Kim and I started this. Uh, we were pro- hopeful. We were supposed to start it on Christmas Day, actually. Um but she was sick. So we actually didn't get to start it until almost um, several days after that. We did start it before the new year, though. And I think the first day we played it, we knocked out three games in one day. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and we just we finished the fifth game last night. But, yeah, we literally played through three games in one afternoon. We started it around noon or whatever. And we just played all afternoon. We played we blew through the first three three games of it. And it's if you haven't played charter you you haven't played charter stone i know dave has it and dave's supposed to start playing it correct it's 
you 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 have to try it. It's it's a very interesting legacy style game. It's worker placement. The worker placement aspect of the game, I think, is is definitely not on the heavier end. It's it's a lighter to medium worker placement game. Um, there's there's some things going on strategy wise and stuff, but I mean, as far as since it's just two player, I think it's really limiting what some of our choices are right now. So what Kim and I are planning on doing is we're going to play through the whole game with just two players because mm-hmm. we want to see how it is. Then we want to play through it a second time. I'm going to pick up a recharge kit because you could flip the board over, play through it a second time and just buy that recharge kit for all new stickers and everything. And we want to play with it. And I want to play a full six player game using the auto automa set, the, um, you know, component or opponents that they have um, in the instructions. Cause they have a, a booklet there where you can play the automa part mm-hmm. of it to where you can simulate other players that aren't playing in the charter stones, you know, that aren't being used. So I wouldn't mind trying that, but I just talked about this yesterday on yes, or, uh, you know, on my podcast, my, my last podcast. So I don't want to do much spoilers or anything, but it's, 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 it's a very, I would say simple worker placement game. It's a worker placement game where you're placing your workers down, collecting resources. You're trying to complete certain objectives that are on the board you're trying to turn the resources into gold to be able to do a couple of different things. You have a couple of different tracks that will score you other points at the end of the game. Um, you have like a reputation track that can, whoever has the most reputation there can get 10 points at the end of the game next to seven. And I think it's four since there's only two of us. I don't know what that third one is. Cause I know it's 10 and seven we're scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another track where you're actually turning in resources to put one of your influence tokens up there, and that will actually can get you onto the reputation track. And it's just it's just really interesting. And the reason why I think this made my list a little higher than Gloomhaven, since this is a legacy style game, is because it's really interesting how the game starts out very simplistic in that first playthrough. And through each game, as you're unlocking different buildings, as you're unlocking different rules, you're building the whole rule book. My biggest complaint with the game, which I did not mention on my podcast when I was talking about the game, and Kim was like, I can't believe you didn't say that, and I'm going to say it now, is I think the rules could have been a little clearer. Mm. I think the way the rules are introduced on these little stickers in these little paragraphs, um, it, it has hindered some of the some of the play because there's times where we're just like, like yesterday we were looking for a rule, we couldn't find it. And so I went out onto the FAQ and found somebody had posted this on the FAQ. And I was like, well, on the end game, it doesn't, on the end game card, it doesn't even say that anymore. You know, with the one particular role we were looking for, but it was there before. So I'm like, it's, there were, there's just some things I think could have been cleaned up in regards to some of the roles. And I'm in some of the Facebook groups I'm in, I've seen the same thing being stated. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the I'm not the only person to kind of think this. So I have a feeling I'm not wrong with my thinking here. But um, I will say what they've done with these cards in this box of cards that you're just it's it's almost like a shoebox of cards that you're going through and you're just unlocking different things and doing different things as you're playing the game. Freaking genius. Jamie Stegmeyer and whoever else designed this with him, I will give them total props and kudos. Amazing that they were able to pull this off. And I think that's the reason why it's made it up to my number seven on my list, because I was just like, this is an impressive feat. It is a very good game. And we've played through, like I said, our, we finished up our fifth game last night. So we're close to almost being halfway through the game right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just something we just like, every night we look at each other, we're just like, you want to just 
knock out one more scenario real quick and see what happens here. You know, <laughs> and so it's like it Kim's even like really enthralled with this game. And I, I wasn't too sure how she was going to be because she's never played a legacy style game before. So yeah. Charterstone is my number seven. Yeah, that's one of the knocks I have against it. Um, we've we've played Pandemic Legacy season one and we got about halfway through it. And it just got kind of boring. So the legacy games to me, this, this is not getting boring though. Okay. This, this, this one is not getting boring. We want to see, we want to grow our, our charter stones. We want to grow our village. We want to build that village. And the, the thing I can't wait to see is what it looks like at the end of the game, because then you can continue playing a game on that. And everybody's game is going to look different. Yeah. There is probably not going to be any two people's games that are going to look the same because everybody's unlocking things at a different pace. Everybody's doing different things. So, I mean, there may be some similarities, but I have a feeling at the end, you're going to have your own unique copy of Charterstone, which will be very interesting. Because I even saw somebody in the Facebook group saying it'll be nice. It'll be interesting to trade boards with people and play Elsa's copy of Charterstone at the end so you can experience their end game. Yeah, that is a, an interesting concept. Which I had not thought of before, and I was like, that's that's cool. There aren't too many games you're going to be able to get to do that with. True, true. I also, I also just want to add one more thing in here to uh, to get everyone who listens to your show just really mad at me. <laughs> so one of the other reasons I don't, don't really want to play this game, although when you explain oh. it, it sounds interesting, is I know you know the, the reason. Yes, but I know. The but reason. I'm going to say it right now for all, oh, all of you, your listeners. If you want to, <laughs> for all of your listeners, that I played Scythe when it came out. You were in that game. It was yes. five players, I believe, and yes. that was one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life. So Scythe made my top ten list last year. So yes, and <laughs> and because of that, I I have very little interest in Stonemaier games because of that. But I'm telling you, Vitic- Viticulture and um, Charterstone, completely different than Scythe. Yeah. Completely, two total two total ends of the spectrum game-wise. That's another podcast, though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's, we could go down a tangent here and be talking all night, and that's, let's jump to number six. Go for it. Okay, okay, okay. We're, we're going back to area control. Okay. And this game is a little bit like Ticket to Ride as well. And also a good family game. Uh, uh, much of my family has enjoyed this the few times we played it. However, it is a very ugly game, uh, which I really don't think so, but I know that's the big knock against it. Um, from, it's from a company who I really don't enjoy their games either. <laughs> but it seems like I enjoy the Euro games that they bring over. So number six will be Ethnos. Oh, I didn't put that one on my list. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's, it's, that was a good one. That was. I thought about putting that on my top ten, but it's it's one just, of it just didn't make it. I'm glad I kind of picked it up on a whim because it did sound interesting at the time, and then after playing it a few times, it is really fun. You're just going through the cars and trying to find these different bands so you can you can put down your little token in a certain area, but then. Like all the other people say, like as soon as you get down to the bottom of that deck and those dragons start coming out, you're like, oh, crap, do I gotta do, do I just draw some more cards or do I try to get this round to end or do I 
do I play something now just to squeeze out some more points? And it, it's just really interesting. So, and plus it plays up to six people. So that's at least a really good thing. And it, I think you've said it doesn't play bad at two, correct? I, I have not tried it at two, but it does look interesting. Because I'm, in, I'm I'm wondering if Kim would like this one because it's, I mean, when we played it down at the store, I did like it. Yeah, the, the, the difference between two players and and four to six, because I think there's a difference with three as well, is um, usually you have to play a band that's like one higher than the amount of tokens you have in an area. Whereas in a two-player game, you have to play a band that's higher than all the tokens in the area, not just your own. So I think that kind of tightens it up a little bit too. Plus you only play two out of three rounds as well. So so it might it might be good. I, I have to try it. I we'll see when I do that eventually, if I do. Yeah, it was when we played it I, I really enjoyed it. I think the I thought the different races were really interesting and I think they're aren't they coming out with an expansion or something for it? Oh god if they're not, they're gonna because it's so easy to just add more to that. Yeah, I thought there were more additional races coming out. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I sometimes I think about too many things, well, so I'm not sure. If, if they don't, then they're stupid because it's yeah, it's just printing money for them because it's going to be a good thing for them. All right, my number six. Uh, I think you have this one on your list because you told me my list, the list earlier. Uh-huh. So don't be don't be surprised about this one. You actually played this game with me, Lisboa. Ooh, ooh, that low. Mm. Oh, you didn't. You thought it would be actually higher on my list. Well, I, the way I wrote number six. The way I wrote my guesses for you is I kind of just thought of stuff and I just wrote them right. as I thought of them. That's that's what I was. That's how I did yours. Okay. Yeah. So you, yours actually came up third on my list. If if we put it that oh, okay. way. Uh, but when we played this, the one afternoon, and it was literally just about the whole afternoon from playing this thing. That was a several several hour game, mm-hmm. and I have this in my collection, um, and I have the deluxe big ultra Kickstarter version, which is just a beautiful, beautiful game. I will say um, that I love Beatles sort of games. I mean, those heavy style games, I just eat up and Eagle Griffin has definitely put out some really beautiful ones. Lisboa is definitely one of those. Uh, It's you're reconstructing Lisboa after that great earthquake back in 1755 and it's worker placement and the different areas of the board and the different things you're trying to accomplish through the game uh, really just sit there and kind of just make your head hurt almost while you're playing it because there's just so much that you need to think about while you're playing this game. Um, That's for sure. Yeah, it, between the cards that you have, trying to play the different with the nobilities and the different... Um, the nobility people that are in the game. Um, it's, it was just, just a really, really interesting game. I thought, um, one that I definitely need to play more. Yes. But these heavier games are definitely things you don't get to play as often as, as some of the later ones. Um, but yeah, Lisboa, I couldn't, I couldn't not put this one on my list and, it, when I was doing my list, it kind of just fell right at number six, and I just thought that that was a really good spot for it. Yeah, I I, I could agree with that. It's It didn't make my list, obviously, um, but I did enjoy when we played it. Uh, the big knock against it is that it is really heavy. 
it is yeah. very hard to to learn at first. But once you actually get through it, it's really it really wasn't that bad to to play. Um, the the only bad thing is if you don't understand how to play it at first, you're not going to understand how to score very well, which I believe happened to us. So pay attention to that instruction manual. I don't think we did that bad. I thought we did okay. Could have did better. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I think I won that one. Or no. Oh, no. There was, um, who was playing with us? Um, it was me, you, Jim, and. I don't remember his name. I can't remember what the other guy's name was. Brian. Brian was. Not the one Brian, the yeah, other Brian. I know who you're talking about. I think he won, and I think he was he was just doing everything right, but he's just one of those people that picks up on games immediately. Get those goal cards. That was the key to everything. That was, yes, that was the key, definitely. All right, number five. What do you got for number five, buddy? Oh, oh we're in the top five now. Okay, okay. We're in the top. We have busted in the top five. Okay, we're we're going back to, to weird games. And okay. I guess this is the only one of my favorite mechanisms is deck building, as you know. And I think this was one of the better deck builders that I've played in a while. And it really is just a simple deck building game. There's no board that has to go with it. So you're really just playing cards, trying to get more cards and trying to do some other stuff. Um, so it's not Buffy. Hmm. It is not. It's not Buffy. And like I said, there is, there is no board. But uh, what you're trying to do in this game is you're trying to uh, coronate a princess. So number five is it, it's a little bit of a cheat since it it's technically 2017 release in America, but I believe it's like 2011 in Japan. That's yeah, that counts. So it's it's the first time it was available in English, so that's why I considered it. But yes, Heart of Crown, if I didn't say that before. Where no, you had it, and I'm like kicking myself for not putting that on there. <laughs> no, it was it's a really interesting game. Um, the the base game was a pretty simple deck builder, but with the two expansions that have come out of it so far, it's expanded it a lot. And giving you a lot more options. It's a very interactive deck building game, which you don't really see that much because you're really, you might have some games where you're really attacking other players and getting everything. But I like I like the mechanism with the game on how you want to build up your deck, but eventually you're going to start getting rid of cards for your deck because you need to put some cards in front of you to score this 20 points that you need to have. But then also you can start putting cards out and reserving them on top of these other cards, which is your your kingdom. I forgot what, what the name was called officially, but you can keep some cards on top of other cards so you can eventually pull them back and use them on a later hand. And it gives you a lot of options. So it was a really interesting game to play. Plus the graphic design was really nice. And I think... I think a lot of people's problems with some of these Japanese games are the the art and the graphics. They may be a little too uh, too risque for most risque, people. Yep. For yes. most people, um, however, this one it has the anime art style, but there's really no no super sexy 
photos or anything it's it's very tame in comparison to a lot so if if you like deck builders and you want something that's a little bit different i think it's a good choice for for people yeah it is a good game i like when we played it down at the store um i enjoyed it um i had not thought about you putting that one on your list but as far as deck builders go i i I liked it when we played it and it's you know it's i thought it was really interesting with the way you're trying to get get the queen and trying to you know you have those cards in front of you that um i'm trying to think of how it worked now i just drew a complete blank yeah so you play all your cards but oh but then you have the arrows that are kind of like the plus one actions yes that was the that was a really nice thing i think a lot more games should do that yeah so yeah no i that 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 was a good one that was one that I should have had listed here on my list, and I did not. Oh, what's because you you did like that one. When we're done with this, I want to know what you actually wrote on the list. Because I'll tell you, okay. I'll tell you, I'll go through, I'll go through, I'll list them all. Okay. Um, so my number five is a game Kim and I have been playing repeatedly lately since we got it. It's um, a mechanism I don't think we've played too much of. I don't know of too many other games I have like this in my collection being pick up and deliver mm-hmm. and it's waste mm-hmm. than express delivery service. Yep. Got that one. Um, I am, I like Mad max. I'm a big post apocalyptic fan. Um, I like those types of games. Um, and this wasteland express, express delivery service was on my want list for quite a while. And finally I pulled the trigger on it, you know, before Christmas and stuff. And Kim and I started playing it. And I don't think she had ever really played a true pick up and deliver style game. And this one's just really interesting. The board is modular. It's different every time. Um, You're going, the object of the game is the first person to finish three um, kind of like different quests, missions, objectives. Mm -hmm. And um, you have person or you have a set of three that are out that everybody can finish. And then there are different factions that you can draw cards um, from. And within those cards, you can sometimes get a personal mission a personal quest that you can possibly finish in lieu of one of the three that are on the board so you don't necessarily need to do all three that are on the board you need to complete three and it's basically the first person to complete three the game ends immediately immediately the game just the game just kind of ends because there's really once once somebody finishes it there's probably zero chance and there could be but there's probably little chance that on that person's next turn they're going to be able to finish another one as well okay you know, so it's usually like, you know, and Kim and I normally finish our games. One of us wins three to two. Well, that, that's you know, I don't think I don't think we've ever had a complete blowout or anything. It seems pretty close. A little bit of take that a little bit of take that, because when you're moving your um, truck, your vehicle around the board, there's different spaces that will have a faction symbol on there. If you land on a particular faction symbol, you can move that faction truck to the center of another tile. If you move it into an area where um, your opponent is, they get ambushed, so they have to roll the attack dice. Mm -hmm. So they can essentially take damage. Not really too, too bad, um, unless if their vehicle is uh, filled up with resources and they have to put a damage on a resource, they would lose that resource. But, you know, it's nothing game-shattering, nothing like, oh, you just put me back 20 turns or whatever, you know. Nothing like that. Just a little bit of take that here and there. And when Kim and I have been playing lately, we really just almost try to keep some of those trucks out of our way most of the times. We're usually 
not throw, you will move them close to each other to where we have to navigate around them, but we're not usually attacking each other as much as we are in other games. I don't know why. We've done it as some, we've done it a little bit, but we're not looking to attack each other by that way, you know, you, using that as a mechanism to attack each other. I think we, we, we normally just really concentrate on how can I get these resources, sell them to the best place, get this money, upgrade my vehicle to have not only better weaponry, but more um, space to more cargo hold. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, how to just deal with the quests that we have in front of us. And at the, the, the interesting thing is at the beginning of the round, there's an event deck that you hand back and forth. So the first player has the event deck. So you always know who their first player is, but they have the event deck. At the beginning of their turn, they flip over this event card, and there's like a global event that happens at the beginning of the, fa of the, of the round. Mm -hmm. It could be resources could all go down to be only worth $2. You know, it could be everybody could buy the cheapest resource that's on the board and everything like that. And the way the whole economy thing works, they have a whole separate board for the economy is really neat and interesting. The prices fluctuate constantly based on what you're buying and selling within the game. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's really interesting for pickup and deliver. Um, we've really, really just enjoy this game. And I'm really surprised. Kim's not a huge fan of post apocalyptic, post apocalyptic, type of setting and she's willing to play this game nightly hmm. i mean so it's it's it like i said pick up and deliver isn't i can't name another pick up and deliver game in my collection i, I think i have I, two I, I may have one but i don't know if i could name one i mean off the top of my head but um yeah wasteland express delivery service weds as some of us say um is actually a pretty cool game so so how You've played Oracle of Delphi with me recently. How would you compare the two? Oracle of Delphi, I will say as a cheat, made my top games I played in 2017 that weren't from 2017. I did throw that in my top 10 list. Oh, spoiler there. So oh. I'll give me a spoiler. You know, I completely forgot about that. I should have put that online. <laughs> I really like that when we played that one. I, I wouldn't mind getting that one into my collection. Um, what do I think of it? Wow. Um, Due to the settings, I would say very different. Very different. Okay. Um, it's just, yeah. I mean, Wasteland Express Delivery Service really makes you feel like, okay, we are in a horrible setting here. <laughs> we, are we are couriers, and we are just trying to get across this wasteland to deliver these goods. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really does kind of give you that type of feel, and... And it's even though there's dice in the game for some of the combat, it's very little. There's very little die die rolling and everything. Uh, the movement mechanisms are very interesting. Um, normally, you only get a movement action on your turn, but you can get a secondary action if you want to take one. If you don't take um, a secondary action, your next movement is faster. You're building up momentum. Then your next one's faster yet. Um, and then you finally do have to take like a secondary action, like you know. Um, do an outpost action where you're basically each different outpost tile that's on the board has something different that you can do there. Hmm. So it's it's interesting. I'll have to bring it down to the game store. We'll have to we'll have to play that one night. Definitely, it's it's good. Yeah, I've I've seen a couple people play it's, it. It's really fun. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind trying it. All right, number four, sir. What do you got? Okay, I have a feeling you we are you, getting closer. You probably guessed this one. I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm waiting. 
I'm waiting. I, I did bring it up to the store, and you have played it. Okay, so I got several of those <laughs> on my list here. So we're going to go with my choice for drafting games this time. And in this one, you are drafting little, let's call them Starburst tiles. And it is a game from a new company this past year. And I see you shaking your head over the video here, but uh, Azul from Plan B Games. I had that as I had I had that as your number three. I, I like I said I wasn't listing in any order, but that was like I thought I go this is he's going to list this it, one. It, I had that on my list originally, mm-hmm. and Charterstone knocked it out. Okay, okay, yeah, it's, Charter Charterstone knocked it out. I, I think it's it's been a good game. Um, it, it's weird how it starts off because you have all the tiles in front of you, and you have so many options. So at the beginning of each round that you're playing it's almost like you really don't care what anyone's doing but then as the the pile of tiles go down you start paying a little more attention and then that game becomes really okay how do i not get screwed out of getting whatever i want Mm -hmm. and you saw it in like the four player games that we did where someone might be losing like eight tiles from yes. from drop into their floor because they can't place them anywhere and it's it's really crazy how that happens and i have to say it's it's been a really good game at all three player counts two three and four it, it's it the components are also gorgeous yes yes and I, the components are definitely top notch yeah i've still yet to play with the joker tiles too so and i've i I want to try that. I've yet to play with the other side of the board where you can put the the colors however you want them. I've only played the normal version. So I think I think it's got a lot of potential for more play and I know I don't think anyone that I've shown it to either at the store or in my own family has hated it either. So they they've all definitely been a big thumbs up on that one. So goodbye um plan B. I will continue to buy your games because they are that good and they have some pretty good production quality as well. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I would say several of their games that they have put out this past year have all been very good production quality. Yes. They've all been very, very popular. Yes. All right. So my number four. Okay. Is a game that you already listed and you were right. Lorenzo Il Magnifico was higher on my list. Boom. It made it up to my number four. <laughs> Um, we've already talked about this one, so I won't go into it too much. Um, worker placement. Um, I just when I when I first picked up this game, I wasn't really too sure because nobody seemed to have it down at the store. Everybody was just like, "I really want to see how it plays." I'd watched, like I said, I watched Rado's run through. I was like, "There's there's something about this game that's intriguing me. I'm just going to get it." And I picked it up, and Kim and I learned it, and Kim instantly fell in love with it. She goes, "This is just a hell of a lot of fun," and it was just. I can't wait for the expansion. So I don't think we need to go into two, into, into, into it anymore because we already had a, a big discussion earlier on it. But Lorenzo has made it into the top five on mine, and it was number four for me. Yes, good good designers. I haven't uh, I haven't hated anything from Mr. Luciani or however you say his name so far. Yeah. All right. And number three, oh. we're getting closer. Okay, so number three is a game that I liked so much that I've bought it twice. I know what it is. Are you serious? This is your number three. Well, I, I think I might be confusing you here, though. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. Carry on. Uh, carry on. Carry on. I'm sorry. 
But continuing back from number four, that company's first game was Century Spice Road. And number three would be Century, I guess, the series right now, because I do have both the Spice Road edition and the Golem edition. I put down the Golem edition for you. I, I actually I actually put down Century Golem Edition because honestly, it does look better. Now, the biggest detractor is the new one that was just announced isn't going to be compatible with Golem. And, and that is the reason that I have both of them. So I, eventually I have I have Spice Road so that I can incorporate it into the rest of the trilogy. And then I have Golem if I just want to play just the normal Century game by itself because it is a really good game. Um for all player counts. And I think the nice thing about the Golem edition is it definitely helps with colorblind players more so. Cause I know my brother, my brother's a little colorblind. Uh, he can't see the, the red and the green, although he could still play the game. Um, but I know other people have had that. My, my mother-in-law, she had an issue playing Sentry because of that. When I showed it to her the one time, by the way, the, the in-laws all loved that game. It was really fun. Kim and I, because we, we, I think we got our copy right around the same time because we had pre-ordered it from Plan B because we wanted the mat. And um, Kim and I got it right before uh, Origins and we learned how to play it and then took it down to Origins and everybody was playing it at Origins. Mm -hmm. We sat up there at the bar on the second floor playing it and people were coming over and talking to us and everything while we we're playing the game. <laughs> it's just, it's just a game that came out at the right time during the summer. People were looking for something to play and it just, it's a good game and it just exploded. And I mean, literally everybody was playing it at Origins. You saw it at multiple tables and going as you were walking around, people playing it everywhere. Yeah, I, I know people are calling it the Splendor Killer, which I, I can see, but I don't think it does that. I think they're two similar games, but very different from each other when you actually think about it. Um, so I, I don't have a problem playing either of them, but I think it's a nice, the, the plus that it has over Splendor is that it is a lot faster. I I like Splendor. Mm -hmm. We've played Splendor a lot, but I do have to give the nod to Century Spice Road. Um, I just think there is just something a little bit better with it. I don't know why, because I mean they they are a little similar, but um, I I prefer I if I was to if somebody was to say which which one would you rather play, I'd pick Century every day. Yes, same, same here, same here. And I'm really interested to see what this expansion that they're bringing out how it's actually going to integrate some in with this first one because it's it's a completely different style game. It's completely different mechanisms, everything. So it's not an expansion. It's a standalone game that you can mix It's a together. standalone game that you can mix together. So I'm interested to see how they're going to mix. Is it just you're mixing the cards in or are you mixing the resources? I'm, I want to see what they're doing with it. Yeah, it's definitely so, as soon as it goes up, I'm pre-ordering it no matter what. So. Oh, yeah. That's that's a no brainer. Definitely yeah, here. Pl plan B, you you have my money. You're you're three out of three so far, or two out of two, however yeah. you want to look at it. So All right, so my number three. This is a game that I actually thought you were talking about, <laughs> and I have a feeling maybe this is higher on your list. And that's Yokohama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, f I figured you'd like this one. So this is a game you actually brought back originally from Japan, and I think we played in 20 i think we played last year we played in 2016 uh, i don't think so I, th I have played it in 2016 but i think i first introduced it to you guys this year 
Oh, was it? I think so. Okay. I thought I thought we had played it last year, but I considered it 2017 because it really didn't have an official U.S. release until this year. Yep, yep. And that deluxified version that TMG put out, they put out the damn them. <laughs> they put out good shit. <laughs> Those deluxified versions are just awesome. I can still kick myself to this day for not backing the Kickstarter of Orleans Deluxe. Yeah, yeah. So bummed that I didn't, but um, that's a whole other podcast there. But Yokohama, um, I mean, after the first time we played it, I was really impressed with it. Then when I bought it, uh, you know, Kim and I have played it multiple times. And it's just, just an excellent, excellent style game. I love the modularity of the board, the way that's different every time. Um, the way you have... You're just leaving a trail of workers along and you have to leave your path for your president to move from location to location to make sure that, you know, he can get to these locations. And the more you play it, the more you're just like, okay, you start thinking and trying different things with the movement and how you're placing your workers down. Um, Just I, I, I really just really adore this game. I mean, I think it's just a very, very good game. I'd be so if this. Game did not make your top 10 list. I don't know if it did or not. I see you have a little smile on your face, so maybe it has. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see eventually. But um, if it didn't make your top 10 and it made mine, I'm, I'm really surprised. Uh, because you did buy this game twice. You had the Japanese version, and then you bought the Deluxified TMG version as well. Yes, yes, I did. And so I'm keeping that Japanese version, too, because eventually definitely. we'll... One day, eventually, the kids will have to use it. <laughs> so, yeah. But one of the other games you brought over was the Emperor's Crown. Choice. And Emperor's Choice. That's right, Emperor's Choice. And I'm leaving that one as a 2018 game. Yeah. Because that one probably would have made my list as well. Um, but since that was a Japanese release and not the U.S. release, and uh, TMG's releasing that supposedly this year. Or not TMG. Um is TMG releasing that one? I think so. Or somebody else. I think it might be TMG. Um, I think they are. Um, I'm going to leave that as a 2018 game, even though we played it in 2017. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk about that one later. But um, Yokohama, definitely, I have to give its props to. It's it's just an excellent, excellent game. Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, we'll see. All right, number two. Okay, number two. We are getting close. Yes, and this is somewhat of a cheat, which all lists apparently have. They have that one cheat game. Okay. Um, so I mentioned with Sentry that that was a game I bought multiple times. And this one is a series or series of games that I have bought multiple times and will probably continue to buy them. And I'm also cheating a little bit because I'm adding two series of games here. So we are continuing with number two, both the Exit and Unlock Escape Room games. Yeah, I see, I see you celebrating over there. I have on my list one of the Escape Room series of games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know if it would be Unlock or Exit, so that's why I just put one of the Escape Room games. The... the the thing I have to say about them, I don't think you've played any of them yet. Um, 
I don't think I have. I, I, You're right. We, I don't think I have. We have we have played one of them with with Dave and his wife. We played one of the exit games from the first three original ones that they put out. Um, but most most of the time we've played this game or games has been it's just me and my wife. So it's been a, a good a good couples game, I would say, where we're just sitting back and forth doing the puzzles together and the games take maybe an hour to two hours. Um, I have to say both of them have their, their positives and negatives. Um, with Unlock, it's definitely the easier game to get into because it does have a nice tutorial in every box. It's the same one, pretty much. It has the it has the app that you're working with, which also gives you some nice music. And it does have like some audio hints that may give you good clues. Um, and overall, I think it's the easier... The easier one to get into for sure it's it's a lot simpler uh however i think the exit games give you the better experience and the first one we played of exit was the pharaoh's tomb we just tried that one and that was apparently the hardest of the first three and yeah it was hard as hell we'll say that uh, but as soon as we played that one we're like okay let's go get the other ones because these are worth it and so far We've enjoyed them. We haven't played all of them yet so far. Out of 12 released, I believe it's 6 and 6, Exit and Unlock. Oh, wow. We've played 5. Uh, 2 Exits and 4 Unlocks. 5 Unlocks, I believe, maybe. Yeah. So we've done that. Um, we finally hit a dud yesterday with the Unlock, the Nautilus's Traps. That one was a really... Oh, that one was not enjoyable. I have to say that it was. <laughs> You'll have to tell me what your favorite one was, and I'm just gonna have to pick one up and maybe just try one. I, I will say right now, out of the ones I've played, so I've played five out of the six unlocks, and so far the best one of those was the the squeak and sausage. It's where you're kind of uh, trapped by a mad scientist, hmm, okay. and that that one was definitely the best of the unlock games. Um, We've only played two of the exit games, which is the Pharaoh's Tomb and the Abandoned Cabin. And I think if you're going for a first one, definitely get the Abandoned Cabin because that was that was really good. But I also think it's a really good starting point to under, okay. understand the system with the decoder ring that it has. And it, it's a very interesting game. That one, I think it makes you think outside the box a little more than Unlock does. And there's definitely yeah, I've, I've, a few times where you're going to be like, what the hell is this asking me to do? And like, you really have to think about it. I've wanted to try one of the games, but I've mentioned it to Kim a couple of times and she's like, mm, I don't know. She goes, I don't know if I'd be any good at those. And I'm like, I'm sure she would, because when we play a lot of games, it's just like with a lot of my buddies, when we play, used to play like older video games, we look at things differently so we complement each other very well. Mm -hmm. So when I see a puzzle and she sees a puzzle, we're looking at it from two different sides, literally. And if I can't figure it out, she can. If she can't figure it out, I can. You know, I actually think that would help with them because there are a lot of times I look at a puzzle and then I say, oh, it's this way. And then I get it completely wrong. And then right. Yuki looks at it and she's like, oh, we'll do it this way. And then she's completely right. Um, so it's it's been a crazy one. It's But... It's very nice that 
the only time we got really stumped was this last one that I just talked about in the in the unlock games. Um, however, I, I will have to say the I forgot what it's called, like the Island of Doctor Gorse in the unlock series. It's the third of the first set. Um, I would probably suggest actually playing that with a higher group because small spoiler, you do actually have to play it in two separate groups. Oh, wow. You are, you are quote unquote separated on the Island and you have to work together. I thought it was a really nice thing and I kind of wish I would have saved it for more people. Right. But it's definitely not a first time game to play. You need, you need at least one or two before you go onto that one. Cool. I'm going to have to definitely pick one of those up and at least try one. I'll let you borrow one. Because it, Just let me know. It, see, it seems like they are definitely on a lot of people's lists for, you know, definitely top games of the year. And I, like I said, I just never, I just haven't played any of them this year. So, all right. My number two. I don't think you had this one on your list. Let's see. If you did, I don't remember seeing it in the text message. This is a game I played. Um, this is one of the first games I think I played at Origins. The Godfather, Corleone's Empire, oh, your favorite person. Shit, yeah. Okay. Eric uh, Lang. Uh, I'm going to rant <laughs> This Kim was surprised that I actually put this so high. And I actually thought about maybe dropping it down to like four or five and moving like Yokohama, Lorenzo, and Wasteland up. But there was just something about this game. Kim and I have played it quite a few times. We've done two videos for it, actually, because the first one, we actually did one thing wrong in the video, so I wanted to record another one, and we did that game all correct. Um, but I played this game at multiple player counts, both um, max player and two player, and I think it plays fine at both. Um, it's definitely much more exciting, I think, at the higher player counts, because there is just bloodshed galore, bodies in the river, and it's just crazy. Um, but playing it at Origins, we played a full. We ended up playing a full game. We were only supposed to play like one, one hand, um, or you know, like one or two rounds, and we ended up just finishing through through the whole game because the guy was like, "Well, just finish. You guys are having a lot of fun, and nobody else is, you know, coming around uh, and waiting to play." So he kind of just let us continue, and we knocked a full game out. And I was just could not wait to actually get my hands on this game for it to be released. Um, getting to play some of those earlier games at Origins was just super cool. I think I like went back to my hotel room that night and I instantly wrote up a nice review on it and posted it up there on BGG, um, some of my thoughts on it and everything. Um, but it's, I guess you could say it's worker placement, I guess, because you are putting your worker onto different spots on the board. Um, there's a lot of area control in the game. There is a lot of take that. If you don't like take that, don't play this game. You are trying to kill people and make sure that you are controlling those areas. But um, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of The Godfather. And I mean, while this game doesn't necessarily fit with the movie, the theme and just everything about it really just kind of just emanates that whole gangster type feel and gives you just a lot of fun when you're playing a drive-by and knocking out a group of guys <laughs> or you're, you know, you're taking out a whole section of town and just throwing all these bodies in the river. Um, you know, and it's just, it was just really interesting. The, the mechanism with trying to collect as much money and cards as you can during the round and then having to go down to a minimal hand size at the end of the round mm-hmm. 
most of that money and everything is going back to the Don. You have to try to get as much of that money into your suitcase and kind of, you know, launder it through so you can actually score those points at the end of the game. You also have set collection going on. There are multiple types of cards that you're going to have, and whoever has the most of the particular colors at the end of the games will be getting additional points as well. I just really enjoyed it. I wasn't sure. I knew it was going to be in my top 10 when I played it the first time. I didn't know where it was going to fall. And when I made my list, I threw it at number two because it was like, the you know, one of the <laughs> games I thought of instantly. And I love all the other games after it. And I just couldn't move it from that number two spot for some reason. And even Kim said, Kim was, Kim was like, she goes, I thought Lorenzo would be like number two, you know, and maybe Godfather would be like down around four or five. And I go, I just really, really enjoyed the Godfather. And I think it just has to do with the whole theme and everything. And I know, let's get to your rant right now. You're not an Eric Lang fan. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Yep. We've talked about this down at the store. So have you ever played, did you ever play this game, Godfather Corleone's Empire? No, I, I haven't. And that. Like I said, that's one of my knocks against it is I am not a Lang fan. Um, the games of his that I've played, I've just found pretty boring and uninspired. So it's just not something that's up my wheelhouse. Although I I would be tempted to try it. It's, it's different than a lot of the other ones. Um you you would just you would just have to try it. It's a game you definitely want to play with the right group of people because, like I said, there's a lot of take that. So if you're playing with somebody who's going to get easily pissed off because he's getting attacked by people or he feels like um, he's getting soloed out or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know that could bring the game down a little bit. But um, it's I it, like I said, it was a game that. I put high on my list when I started making it and I started shuffling things around and I just, I just couldn't move it for some reason. I don't know why. So it, it just stayed at my number two. All right. So Godfather Corleone's empire. All right. So let's get on to the drum roll. Number one, I wish I had my Alexa up here. I'd be like, Alexa, give me a drum roll. Oh, the, she's downstairs. I, you though. know, I, I, my, <laughs> my, my drum set is like, 10 feet away from me but it's electronic so you know it'd just be but um yeah so number one you've talked about it before and i had a hard uh oh oh I, I had a hard time if i wanted to put this here since i technically did play it last year or in 2016 but i figured i might as well go with it because it probably still was my favorite game that i played this year and that subsequently came out this year. And coincidentally, I think I actually played it over 10 times this year, which is oh wow, which is very unusual for a medium to heavy euro game. And yes, you mentioned it before at your number 3, I believe you said. But yeah, yeah. Yep, it was y- Yokohama. <laughs> definitely. So I, I won't get into it too much since you've talked about it enough, but I have to say that every game I've played of it uh, has been completely different. And I think since I've been bringing it up to the store and every time afterwards I've been undefeated. So, you know, there's that. So let me, let me just brag about that a little bit, but I, every time I've played it, I've definitely gone a different route 
So it's sometimes it's going to the church, sometimes it's getting contracts, sometimes it's doing other things, or just a mix of everything. Sometimes it's going for the end game points. And it seems like every way that you do something is so viable that you can win. And it's all it's funny to see from my perspective how how other people play it because a lot of you guys learned it from me. So you guys, mm-hmm. you guys started like taking over things that I started at the beginning. Like I know I've, a lot of moves that you guys would do would be, Oh, let me try to go to a whole bunch of import boxes so I can trade them in to get that like really high point count on the, on the customs yeah. board. And yeah. A lot of people would try that. And then just cause I knew that was coming, I've started to, play differently with the import boxes and use them in different ways and they've come out a lot better in some choices where you might use i might have five boxes but i could use those five different ways to do other things and that's all i gotta say the game is so variable in the setup but it seems how how you evolve during the game with what powers you get and what contracts you fulfill and just where you place your guys on the board plus where you place your buildings as you go it's just it's such a different game every time that yes agreed that i i don't see i don't see how i couldn't keep playing this like for a long time to come and the only problem is right now is that I've played it so much that I think it kind of puts other people off that I kind of know what I'm doing a lot more. So it's harder to play as of now. Kim and I have actually played it quite a bit and I've become much more comfortable with it. Okay. Well, well, so, we're, we're, we got to set it up again. Got to set it up. I'm, I'm, I'm down. I think we all have the deluxe version. I'll, I'll, yes. I'll play it where we only can play with the Japanese cards. So you got to learn Japanese to play it. Yeah, I don't think so. That's not going to happen. Yeah. All right. All right, come on. Uh, finish up the, the big... Uh... All right. My top 10. My number one for 2017. Okay. Uh-huh. Anachrony. Boom. I even had... Let me... Let me. Can I put this on the screen here? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Did you have... Is the number hold one? Hold on. Let me see. Is... I see it. I see right it. Right there. Yep. <laughs> uh, this is a game that I came so close to kickstarting. <laughs> but at the time I had kickstarted so many other things, I didn't want Kim to kill me. <laughs> so I didn't. And I could kick myself in the ass for not doing it because it took so long for the game to hit retail. And I had actually ordered the, the miniatures for the game probably six months before I actually got the main game. Yeah, I remember that. Because I... I didn't know if they were going to run out of them because I knew that you could only get them from their website, supposedly. I thought it was, but they actually did release them to retail. Mm-hmm. Um, but supposedly I thought it was only supposed to be from their retail, from their store. So that's why I bought it immediately. And it, I'm guessing they must have printed way more of those miniature game or the miniatures for that. The exosuit um, players than they did the actual base game itself because the base game, you know, once that Kickstarter was delivered, you couldn't find it. And it was just unavailable. So once I finally got it, we I played it, and I just talk about worker placement games. There are there's just so many interesting things going on in this game, and the best thing that I love about the game is is the whole futuristic sci-fi 
component to it, the time travel aspect to the game. You're using resources. You're almost going into, you're, you're using resources now, and then you have to go back in time to actually repay those resources so you can use them again. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you're taking resources from the future and stuff and using them to kind of help you early in the game get things done that you need to. And if you don't repay them, it could be a hit to your victory points at the end of the game. And just the also the game is gorgeous. The game looks really good. I mean, if you look at the game, it's the board. There's just so many different things going on. And it's it was it was something that once I played it, I just instantly was like. Well, I know what my number one game of the year is. <laughs> I, I kind of had a feeling just immediately when I played it. I was like, this is, I go, this is just a, a an excellent game. So that's Anachrony, my number one game of the year. Woo! And of course, it's a worker placement. And as you can see, I mean, you uh, your list wasn't, didn't have as many odd or weird games on there like i thought it would your list was fairly standard i would say they, they might be on Quite my, different from mine it might be on my short list over here of honorable mentions and i'm wondering maybe next weekend we should do an honorable mentions podcast we could or- because because as of right now we're already an hour and a half into an episode that's true so I'm thinking we could probably sit here and talk about honorable mentions and do another hour hour show. <laughs> so maybe maybe next week we'll do another recording if you don't mind. Well, yeah, we have that. We have my my small game list. We have the yeah. I didn't do a small game list because I really that's. But we could we can do that as well. Wait, wait here. Let me let me. You mind if I put the small games on here? Just to... you can do the small games. Let me let me go over your te- since we just finished the top tens. Let me let me tell you what I had for you. Okay. Down. Yep. Uh, Yokohama. Yeah, definitely. I put down Gaia Project because you've been playing that solo a lot lately. Okay, that I didn't. The only reason I didn't consider that is because I have not finished a solo game of it yet. Oh, okay. But if so, yeah, I'm I'm slowly learning how to play it. It's kind of a pain learning how to play the game, but also learning how to play the Atoma. Right. Um, So it's kind of like doing two double the work at one time. But. It would probably make the top 10 if I had completed it. And I think, I definitely think you guys would like it because it is, it, it's nice and meaty to it. But, um, oh, I like Terra Mystica. See, I've never played that. So I, I like Terra Mystica, so I have a feeling I'll definitely love Gaia. Yeah, and it's very nice. I, I do have to say the, the component quality kind of sucks because I left it out on the, oh, that sucks. I left it out on the table and the boards started warping like really quickly. Ooh, like I mean, like my player board, nice and flat, and then as the game just went by, it was almost like a U shape. Holy! So I was crap. like, wow. um, I'm like, I gotta throw some silica packs in there just to, yeah, really, just to get, maybe get that down there. But all right, so Yokohama Guy Project, Azul, I yep. had Century Golem Edition. Yep. I put down Sagrada because I thought you like Sagrada. Uh, I do. I don't think it's. I don't think it deserves all the hype it gets from people. I th- I agree with you 100. I, I think it's a I think it's a decent dice drafting game, but I think it's kind of boring at times. Yeah, agree 100. Uh, I, I think people try to overthink it, and it makes it 
go too long for what it is. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's a good game. However, if I had to pick a dice drafting game, I would probably play role player before that. Funny you said that. I was going to say the same thing. I would play role player. Definitely play for, for that for for dice drafting, dice manipulation. I love role player, and I cannot wait to get the expansion for that for role player. I believe that's next month. I kickstarted it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. Yep. Um, and then I put down. I put down Yamatai. Because we played that one. I think I need to play that more. I've only played it like two or three times, and I think it's one of those games where if you played it a lot. It would be a lot better because right now we've played it sporadically and it kind of yeah. goes slow each time. But it it is a good game and I think it it had the potential to be in the top ten. But it like the ones that I picked were the ones that just automatically stuck out. But it it, it might have booted out one of the the lower ones. And then I had Sentient. I put down Cat Lady only because you guys, you've been saying you've been playing the hell out of Cat Lady. So I put it down because I was like, well, maybe he'll slip in a little corny game like that. I thought about it, but that was one of the reasons why I asked to make a, a small game list. So I did. I put Cat Lady down. Um, I put one of the Escape Room series of games. And then just for shits and giggles, I put down Drop Mix. Uh, well, you said we might have another another meetup podcast for another time. So spoiler alert, that was an honorable mention. <laughs> uh, and the, the only reason I did that was because I would have put it near like nine or ten. Yeah. But I just as a game, it's kind of it's kind of there as a game, but it's more of the technology. So I think the combination, yeah. it makes it a lot better if I know it has it has a lot more potential, especially if they like add more game to it in the future with the app. You know, since they can do it digitally, you don't really have to buy much more. Would, the technology is freaking amazing. Yeah, and just the, it is outstanding. The music nerd that I am, it loves it. But it it was one of those. Do I want to put it on there, or and I decided to take it off just to actually give another game, quote unquote, a little more spotlight. Yeah. All right. So you want to do a quick top five smaller games. Yes, yeah, yeah. Just just so people can at least maybe get a little more love for some small box games, at least. Um, and these are really in no order except probably the first one or the last one, number one, you can say. Um, but I, I have been enjoying Majesty for the Realm from okay. Mark Andre, the Splendor designer. Uh, that one, don't play it at two players. Three and four would probably be better, but it's a nice quick, okay. nice quick twenty-minute drafting engine building type game. Very simple. It was pretty fun. Uh, I can't remember if you played this or not, but Fantasy Realms. Fantasy Realms. I don't think so. Maybe you didn't. It, where it's essentially kind of like Rummy, where you're trying to just get a hand of seven cards that it just you're trying to just score and each each card is unique where it'll say like oh this card scores this many points but you get a bonus if you have this type of card in your hand and it it's a quick playing game it's so quick that it actually takes longer to score than actually play the game <laughs> that's funny which kind of sucks when you think about it but it is a very interesting game and after we played it a few times at the store i said okay you know i'll get that cuz it was it was a really good one um 
You know I'm not much of a social deduction person, but I did get one for Christmas that was very that was very nice, and I have a feeling a lot of people would like it, but where words? I've heard of that one, but I haven't played it. It, it is kind of it, it is very much like the game Insider, which you might have played with me since I have that. Not a hundred percent sure. I remember if we but, I don't think so. The uh, twenty questions mixed with the werewolf games. Um, right. It, it is really fun. It it has a nice app that runs everything, so you don't have to have a moderator. Um, and it's it's a really good game. I'd like to see it how how it plays with a lot more people, which I think we might have to bring it over this weekend. Um, another one that I really enjoyed was Pyramids by Yellow. And okay. I believe the same designers as Elysium. We played that one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That one was nice for a, a quick game, but it actually made you think a little bit more uh, where you're building your pyramids, and your obelisk, and your tomb. And I believe there was one. Yep, yeah, I, I think that was that. everything, but that was a nice one. And then... The number one, which was the reason I asked to make a small game list, and since we have been playing it so much recently, and I'm not the cat person, my Yuki, my wife, definitely is, and it is Cat Lady. And I have to say, it is... I need to see this game, because we, we have three cats over here, so we're cat people. It, it, it is... It, I mean, it's like a 20-minute game, for sure. It's nothing heavy, but it, it's just so interesting, and I mean, we've played it like eight times in the last week or so, and I, I'm not really sick of it yet because it, it, it's so fast, but it has such interesting choices where you have a, a grid of three by three grid of cards and you have a cat there that kind of blocks you from drafting a row or a column. And your choice for your turn is draft a row or a column. And then you're, tr- you're trying to get different types of cards where you have food, you have cat toys, you have costumes, you have lost cats, and you have cats themselves. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to get cats in front of you so you can get food to feed them. But if you don't feed them, eventually you have leftover food. So if you have the most leftover food at the end, you're losing points. And then you're trying to collect costumes, which... If you have the most, you get points, but if you have none, you lose points. And there's a whole bunch of different ones. Getting toys is like, you know, unique sets will will make your score rise a lot higher. I believe it's like one plus two plus three plus four, like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's very interesting for a 20-minute game. It gives you a lot of tough decisions, actually. And you won't think about it. Plus, you have these stray cats that you can trade in two of these lost cat cards you can either adopt a stray cat or you can get just two points and these these some of the cats have like special powers where they might you know give you bonus points for having a certain condition and plus some of the cat puns are just hilarious i mean some of the names like i i get a kick out of lavar purton <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> there's probably some that's other awesome. ones but it, it is a really good game and i was trying to trying to get it for Yuki as a, a Christmas gift. And it came just a little late, but I think it's definitely one of the best filler games we've played in a while. So I don't have a full list, but I will say in thinking about some of the smaller games that I picked up this past year, mm-hmm. the one that jumps to mind that you did not mention, and I don't know, I don't even know if you have this one, 
The Fox in the Forest. Yeah, I do have that. So that's by Renegade Games, um, Renegade Game Studio, and it's a trick-taking game. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is some of the cards have different actions on them. So when you play them, you will have it will have it will affect it'll affect the game differently um, when you utilize those cards. Um, we played that game quite a bit, and we really like that game for being a two-player trick-taking game because you don't really find too many two-player trick-taking games like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that one was actually pretty well done. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was just, I don't know. I'm I'm not big on trick taking. I think uh, I think I like it better with more people. Uh, trick taking games in general, since obviously you can't play that with more than two. But I liked Indulgence, which came out. I think I like that. So I have trick taking for two, three, and four now with those two games. So I'm I'm good with that. So Indulgence was the one that was put out by Restoration. That's yeah. Okay, I haven't played that one yet. I need to play that one. Yeah. Because uh, I've heard that was one of their better games. It, it was pretty good. Besides redoing Stop Thief, but I've heard that was actually supposed to be pretty good. It was pretty good. And then the also another trick-taking game I just got relatively recently because I had to talk to the designer himself to get it shipped from overseas. Okay. Is Blend Coffee Lab. Which you won't understand it, but if you saw the art style, you would notice it from the same makers as Coffee Roaster. I was just going to say, was it from, is it like Coffee Roaster? Yeah, and it's kind of, it's a trick-taking game where there's four, there's four suits and each one of them shows a different corner of a coffee cup. And also a different, like you got the aroma and the sweetness and I forgot what the other ones are, but you, you play a trick and then whoever wins it, they have like first priority. So they get to draft one of the cards that was just played. And then whoever was like second, they get to pick one and whoever's third picked one. I think that's it out of like four players. And you're trying to like collect sets of coffee cups because they'll score you a certain way. And it's one I, I think I would like to try some more because it's an interesting concept. Plus, you can also play that two players. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. As as far as as far as your top ten list, I know we're going back yes. a little bit. That's all right. Let, Go for it. Let's see. Uh, for some reason, I thought you were going to put alien artifacts on there. See, for as much as I liked 51st State, and 51st State was high on my list last year, mm-hmm. I liked Alien Arts, but I don't know. It just didn't grab me the way 51st State did. I mean, it's a good game. Don't get me wrong, and I liked it. And the more we played it, um, I enjoyed it a lot. But mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. It just didn't have, I, I don't know why. It just didn't. It it probably would have been my eleven or twelve. Okay, I I thought you might have put that on there since you did like fifty first state. I kind of liked that one better than fifty first state. It just seemed like it moved a little faster. Definitely, definitely did move faster than fifty first state. Yes, I will agree with that. But that it it does move faster. I I still think both of them kind of got a little boring the more you played them. Like eventually you would just run the same engine and it just kind of lost some of its touch after, after that point. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Number nine. I thought you might've considered it 
as being available, but I thought you might have put Raiders of the North Sea. Even though that's I like Ra- Yeah, no, I, I I we bought later Raiders of the North Sea. Mm-hmm. Um I like that game. I didn't really consider it for my top 10 though. Okay. I mean, those would probably be if I was to do like an 11 through 15, you know, you're talking about Alien Artifacts, Raiders of the North Sea. Yeah. Um Ex Libris. Yeah, I didn't even write that one. I thought about it. I mean, we played Ex Libris the other night, and that was the first time Kim played it, and she really liked it. Okay, I still have yet to play it. <laughs> really? I've, yeah, I've, yeah. That's, it's, it's a good game. It's definitely a good one. It's it's an interesting one. Yeah. Okay, let, let's go back to here. So. And she, kill, she killed me on it, too. She killed you? All right. <laughs> oh, my God, did she? Number eight, I put either Lignum. Or I thought you might have. Uh-huh. I thought you might have gone light and put Sentry because I know you kind of like that when it came out. I thought about putting Sentry Spice Road on there, but then the more I kept making my list, I was like, I like Sentry Spice Road, but I like it as a light game. I don't love it. Yeah, and that you know? that is why I, I mean, figured so. I figured your list would be more medium to heavy games. Yeah, and, and, and it, looking at my list, it is. It's. I mean, I think my list is completely different than a lot of other people out there because I prefer these style of games. Yeah, definitely. It is pretty unique. Um, seven, Charter Stone. Six, I had Wasteland Express. Uh, yeah. Also, as a little sub uh, plot of Lignum, I kind of put Fallout, question mark. <laughs> so I played Fallout only once, um, and I'm trying to think if I actually played. I probably didn't play Fallout till after the new year. And that was that was the reason why I was like question mark. Maybe he'll sneak that in. So it's that one. If I would have got that one sooner, might have busted in here. Because okay. what I've played of it so far, I'm, I want to do solo streams of that game, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of liking that as a solo game so far. Okay, and it, it does. I mean, when I was playing through that game, learning it, I was like, I kind of feel like I'm playing Fallout 4 on the PC. It has the same locations, which I've spent many an hour around, so I can <laughs> visually just, even though I'm only seeing a tile, I have spent hours in these different locations. And I'm like, okay, I know this place. I know this place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, I kind of like the combat in the game and everything. Some people are saying there's some things they don't like about it. I haven't found those things yet. So, um, I'm still need to play it at least one more time before I feel comfortable doing a video for it. But I would like to play that, um, probably for several Wednesdays in a row and do each of the different missions in the game. Okay, well, yeah, and play through that on Twitch. I'll, I'll tune into that one because I'm interested to see how that one, how that one works. Uh, let's go back down here. Five, I had Yokohama. Yeah. Four. No brainer. Yeah, four. I had either Tramways or Card City XL. So Card City XL, I wasn't too enthralled with. Really? When we played it the one time, I thought it was okay. But it's out of all of his games, I would probably put Clinic, Tramways, Card City XL. See, I actually ordered Card City after I played it. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I liked uh, it. Seemed light enough, but it seemed like deep enough too. Oh, definitely, definitely. But it's I don't know. I Tramways I did like, and I did really think about putting Tramways on here, mm-hmm. and I'm not too sure why I didn't. Um, 
<laughs> tramways, tram, tr- tramways again could have been in my 11 through 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then right over here. I had thought about it. Right over here. Three, Lisboa. Two, Lorenzo yeah. Il Magnifico. One, Anachrony. I think the first one I was like, yeah. probably Anachrony. He says number one. Like, I'm just guessing that right now. <laughs> that's that's funny. Like, I, I think you've only played it once. I'm like, I think he's only played it once, but I'm going to write it down just to be safe. It's, yeah, it was definitely, I can't remember if I've only played it once or if I've played it a couple of times now. I think I played it a couple of times. I think. I've only seen you play it once, so that's how I knew. I can't remember. All I know is it was definitely everything I was hoping that one would be. And like I said, I was so bummed I didn't kickstart that one. Just like I'm really bummed I didn't originally kickstart Seventh Continent, and I have to wait now until March to get that. It's not that far away. I know. I know, but still. That one possibly could have been on my list as well. Seventh Continent would have probably easily made my list and knocked something else off. So, It happens. It happens. All right. I think that's it. So let's get together next week. And we are going to discuss top new games we played in 2017 that weren't from 2017. Mm-hmm. And we've already mentioned one of mine being Oracle of Delphi. I'm not going to say any of the other ones, <laughs> but I do have, but I do have a list of 10, not in any particular order though. Maybe I'll try to order them since, since I actually have a week to go since we, we've given ourselves a week here. Maybe I will try to order these in some order here. Because I can already see a couple that are creeping to the top. Yeah, that gives you another week to play more games. It's true, true. <laughs> and there, there's something that something could knock one of these off, but these are some pretty good older style, older games. Yeah, I have some them too. Some, some newer than others, um, but there are some really, really good, uh, good games on here. I think. Okay. So, but I think, I think we could talk, that's a whole nother podcast. We've already been chatting for hour and 45 minutes. Once we edit this thing down, this would, there's easily another hour of discussion on some of these games once we start talking about them. So I think we have a second podcast coming. Your listeners are sick of hearing us. (laughs) Well, they, if they've been listening to me for a while, they've been listening to me for 185 episodes now. So what's wrong with you people? Well, there you have it. There are our top 10 games of 2017. This is just my thoughts, Eric's thoughts, and hopefully there are some games on our list that you like that maybe were in your top 10 games. But as we all know, everybody likes different things. Everybody's top 10 is definitely going to be different. Um, As you can see from both of our lists, they're quite different than a lot of other podcasters and content creators out there but these are the top 10 games that both of us have chosen and i think they're both actually really good lists so i'd like to thank everybody for listening to episode 187 as always you know what to do go play some more games and then let me know what you're playing now send any emails you have to what i'm playing now at gmail.com on Board Game Geek, you can join us there. So for some conversations, we do have a guild, guild number 2440, Twitter and Instagram, at What I'm Playing Now. Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Twitch page is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And on YouTube, you can subscribe to us there at youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. I'd like to thank Eric once again for sitting on in, in the co-host chair um, for me and assisting me with the top 10 list of 2017. 
I think it worked out really well. I'd actually like to do, do a possible co-host list possibly every week if I can get some different people from down at my local game store to join me. And I've already talked to a couple and hopefully that will be happening shortly. But until next episode, everybody, go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Thanks for joining me for another episode. Have a great week and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.